Welcome to the Real Estate Queens podcast. I'm Marina Schifferman, a realtor and the founder of the Real Estate Queen Academy, where I teach women how to buy and own real estate correctly. On this podcast, we're going to talk everything real estate and all the women empowerment vibes so you can be a real estate queen. Let's get into it. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with another real estate queen. Her name is Grace, and I'm really excited for this chat because she inspires me so, so much for so many reasons, but I will let Grace introduce herself. Go ahead. Yes, my name is Grace, and I'm a real estate investor from Iowa, and it's so funny you say that because you inspire me, Marina, and I'm so glad that we're friends, and I'm so glad to be here. Tell us more. Like, I want to know everything, like down to how old you are, what you're doing. Tell me everything. Yes. So I'm 23 years old. I actually work a full-time job as a mechanical engineer for an aerospace company. And I started investing in real estate last fall with my first place was a house hack, which is similar to what you did. And that's in Iowa. And I bought an older, like craftsman style fixer upper. And then that was really what led me into real estate. And since then, I have just dove into a few fixer-upper projects, a couple of small multifamily, and I'm super excited to just keep doing that the rest of the year. Awesome. You just chipped at the tip of the iceberg. We're going to get to everything in this episode. (laughs) Grace and I met on Instagram, which is how people these days meet. We met seriously, which who is a financial coach. And then she's like, you need to connect with my sister, Grace. She does real estate. And the moment we connected, which is like sparks flew. I was in love. Yes. It's so funny. The people that you can meet in this real estate community on Instagram. It's great. Okay. So let's back up. So what were you doing before you decided to buy your first place? Before I decided to buy my first place, I was still living at home because I graduated college only like six months before I bought my house. So I was just home and had no real, not really sure which way I was going. Like I started my job remotely working at home. Then I kind of out of the blue really bought my first place. Like I didn't even know I could qualify for a mortgage. I didn't know anything about real estate. And my boyfriend at the time was kind of like, hey, you could probably get a mortgage. And I was like, really? You think I can? (laughs) And then I went and I applied to one and I got like automatically like pre-approved, which isn't the same thing as approved, but I got automatically pre-approved. And I was like, holy crap, I could buy a house. Like, that's insane. And I had no idea you could buy a house for less than 20% down as well. So that was mind blowing. Yeah. Okay. So that generally gave you the idea of like buying your own place. Did you think about renting or did you knew that you were going to buy? I knew I was going to buy. I actually didn't know what house hacking really was like where you rent, where you live before I got this house. I actually looked at the specific house to flip with my partner, who's my boyfriend. And then that was when he was like, well, it's in your hometown. So maybe you should just buy it. And I was like, wait, what? And then that's when he was like, you could get a mortgage and you could put three to 5% down. And that's when I was kind of realized I could do that. So then I decided to buy it. And now I live with my sister and my boyfriend and I'm house hacking, which is where they pay me rent. 
and it either covers or reduces my mortgage payment. So I'm like hanging out with two of my favorite people all the time, but they're also helping me pay my mortgage. So it's like a win-win. That is such a revolutionary idea. That's how I did it. That's how people mm-hmm. should do it because it's very overwhelming to young girls who are just renting right now. We're like, I can't, I don't want to buy a house and be a homeowner, but I'm like, you're renting from a landlord. You're making the landlord rich. Why aren't you the landlord? Why don't you just have the same living situation, but you're the landlord. And then you might even have more control over your roommates. Like typically when you rent, you can pick, but sometimes if it's by the room or like maybe your best of friends can't like have the same lease dates. If it's your own house, you can seriously pick and choose exactly what you want and who you want to live with and when and how long. (laughs) So you said the house that you're living in was a fixer. What needed Mm -hmm. to be done exactly? So it it was completely livable. It was just outdated, except it didn't have heat and air. That's not livable. Sorry, sorry. It had heat and air on the first floor, not the second floor. So we had to... Did it have vents up there or just like no... No, no vents because it's older. So it had a chimney. So we actually like the first thing we did, which I can't really say we... It was mostly my dad took apart the chimney brick by brick that went through the center of the house and then replaced it with ductwork to put up heat and air in the second floor. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So do you have a chimney? Not anymore. Cause now that like the space that it took up through the house and like through the walls is now where the ductwork is. So do you have a fireplace though, which is decorative? I have an, at the bottom of it was like a movable, like wood burning stove. So I still have that, but it's not connected to anything. It was never a fireplace. Uh, yeah, it was a stove. I mean, this was old. Wow. And then what? So like kitchen, bathrooms, floors, paint, use? Did a lot of painting, floors for sure. Kitchen is surprisingly like pretty updated. Good enough. I would love to like redo it, but it's good enough that I, I'll do that eventually landscaping just a lot of overgrowth and yeah pretty much just like painting and flooring for sure and then like a few other things did you work with a realtor when you bought this house I actually didn't because I was in such a small town that I knew the people selling it and I just like got a hold of them okay so then what happened what gave you the edge to keep going what was your tell us what happened next I think I just got like antsy and I was like, okay, so what's now what? Like I did this. So now what are we doing? So then I bought with my boyfriend a burr, which is basically just a strategy where you buy a fixer upper, fix it up, rent it out and refinance it to get your money out of it. And that was a complete fixer, like complete gut. So you bought a house that needed a whole full-on renovation because your idea was to buy it, do the whole remodeling, then rent it, and then refinance. Mm-hmm. And refinancing just means getting a whole new mortgage, pulling your money out. So how did it go? Mm-hmm. We're about to finish the rehab and refinance, and it's been going well. Definitely took a little longer than we expected, but I'm pretty pumped for the end result. And then you're going to get renters and put them in there. Yep. That can also affect your mortgage. Like you're getting income. You can also refinance again, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm excited though. I think it's going to be like prettier than my house. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh my 
gosh, that's always what I say when I'm working with a seller and we're doing like some remodeling. I'm like, you're going to like it. You're going to want to move back in here. Right. Right. Stop there. Or like, are you going to keep going? So in between buying that first true rental, we also bought two duplexes that had tenants. So those will be like a future burr where once they turn over and start to move out, we'll start to fix them up unit by unit. But it was nice to add like an immediately cash flowing property while we were busy doing the other remodel and knowing like once they do move out, we could just keep renting it and keep pushing off the rehab because it's not like it's completely livable. It just needs updated. Or whenever we're ready, we could, if someone moves out, go ahead and do that rehab and refinance. So when you buy a property with tenants in it, do you have to do some due diligence to find out what the tenant rights are there? How did you do that? Yes, that was definitely something that I learned as I went. But one of the biggest things is just like getting signed copies of their leases and making them declare outstanding maintenance, declaring pets, declaring their security deposits. A couple of them didn't have security deposits. So that was a risk that they they did. Everything went great with our tenants, but there was a risk for the two who didn't have security deposits that when we bought, they could have said, I'm staying and I'm not paying you. But they gave us a security deposit, kept renting. Another thing is just like understanding, are those tenants up to your standards? Because they might have been up to the last landlord's standards. But you get to have your own standards and policies as a new landlord. And just laying down the law was definitely a learning curve. But it all went well and it's been going well so far these first few months that we've had them. That's great. What advice would you give to somebody looking to buy a property with tenants? Everything in writing. Like I said, lease, I got biggest lesson I learned. I got the leases and then realized like until it was too late that they weren't signed. So those did nothing for me. Luckily, everybody, no, there was no problems, but they easily could have said, no, my rent's 300, not 600. And then well, what do I do? It's my word versus theirs versus the past landlords. So everything in writing, like I said, pets, outstanding maintenance, leases, security deposits, I would also clarify with the landlord if you could get proof of past payment. Just because their rent is $700 does not mean they're paying, especially in this COVID eviction moratorium and like all these forbearances. A lot of them, maybe they're not paying. And you wouldn't know that unless you have proof from the last landlord. And the landlord's not going to want to tell you that because they probably want to sell it because they're not paying. Yeah. Okay. So you have your property that you're living in one that you bought rehabbing almost done, two duplexes right now. Mm-hmm. What's the future looking like? So I was supposed to close on a property yesterday and a few small things. I'm 100% confident we'll close next week, but just moving a little slow. But I'm really excited for that one. It's another single family. It's right next door to our duplexes. So that'll be so nice How to have these properties. Small town, I'm telling you. Well, actually, funny story, the tenant, so the duplexes I bought from a person. That person lived in one of the duplexes. He, so now he went from like the seller to the tenant because he sold them, but he still lives there. He found this property for me. He saw these people across the street putting stuff into a dumpster, went out there and was like, hey, if you stop doing that, I'll give you 90000 for this house. 
and you don't have to do lift another finger. And they were like, yes, let's go. He got home and his wife was like, absolutely not. We're not buying. We just sold. So he calls me up. I negotiated this offer. Do you want it? And I was like, yes. I was like on vacation in Nashville and he's texting me. Hey, I offered 90 K on this address. Do you want it? And I was like, yes. Send me all the details. Send me photos. So amazing. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's go back. Let's talk about the legal stuff. Do you just buy these properties in your name? I have been using an LLC that I'm 50 50 with my partner. And yeah, we've been doing the LLC. The very first one we bought in our personal names because we didn't get the LLC together. And once we refinance, we'll quit claim into the LLC. So it's no longer in our personal names, which is just basically a way to switch the deed to somebody else without selling. It's called a quick claim. Yeah. Transfer yeah. without selling. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. An LLC limited liability corporation, whenever you're buying definitely an income property that's producing you income, it is a business. It's like a business mm-hmm. receiving income and you have expenses. Definitely. Definitely. I recommend putting an LLC. Also, the Mm -hmm. LLC spells out terms of the contract. Like if you are buying it with a partner, say, and then a dispute arises, everything is in the LLC, profits, expenses, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing that some people will do is they'll do the LLC. But like the backbone of the LLC is your operating agreement, which is what you were saying is like all the groundwork like the ground rules of if a dispute happens, this happens. If somebody passes away, this happens. If somebody gets hurt, this happens. If you don't make that operating agreement, then there's no really point of an LLC. So we went ahead and paid an attorney like the big bucks to, I think it was like 500 bucks, which is pennies on the dollar in the grand scheme of things to like really make a really solid operating agreement so that we can sleep good at night. Do you put all your properties in one LLC or a different one for every property? So right now we have one, two, we have three properties in one LLC. We're buying this fourth one in the same LLC. I think after this, we will create a new LLC and the owner of that new LLC will be my other one. I haven't done my entire research if, if that's the best, but I don't really think that having a bunch of properties in just one LLC is the greatest idea. Consult with your attorney. I have many LLCs to buy in different properties in. Mm -hmm. And I think also working with any other outside investors, I would do and obviously create an LLC that a new one for every investor. And so any properties that we have would be under that LLC. That is a great point to touch on. So right now it's just you and your boyfriend putting the funds in. So this house that we were supposed to close yesterday, we worked with our first private money lender to buy this house. So they just wired us the funds literally today. But it's and like qualifying for this loan. Yes. When we refinance, it'll just be our LLC and our personal guarantees. Perfect. And then in the future, say I want to become an investor with you, we would have our own agreement because an LLC takes time. Right. If we want to buy the property like tomorrow and the LLC will be ready in a month, we will still hire an attorney to make up an agreement in time, you know, in between that time. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. must be in writing, every terms, even if your investor is your mom and you love her dearly, you need to have everything in writing because it's still mm-hmm. makes you look professional and helps to sleep at night. 
Right. And with our dispersed investors, we actually just did like a straight interest rate instead of equity. So it's a lot simpler where they know they give X amount of money and they get X amount of money. But we still went ahead and with our attorney drafted a mortgage. So like technically they are the lender and we're like, they're lending us the money in, in the form of a mortgage. So like if you went and looked up this property, you would see technically a lien from them that we owe them on this property. So then when we refinance, the bank will pay them off and they'll be out of the picture and then we'll be good to go. If it's equity, it's a bit different, but. That's great. So basically moral of the story is get an attorney to handle your business. Yes. Like who's going to figure all this out by themselves? That's why you need an attorney to handle your business. Yeah. And with the operating agreement, I, for like a half a second was like, I could write this. And then I was just like, why? No, there's no reason. Yeah. No reason. Totally. Oh my gosh. There's people that are professionals in what they do, you know, use them. Mm-hmm. And also the liability will be on them if anything happens. And I exactly. Them. Not to mention the stress, the time, like, just have the professionals do it so that you can sleep well at night, knowing that you've done the most you can to like make everything rock solid. Well, I definitely believe that as we grow into like these sophisticated, successful women, we need a team behind us. We need our Mm -hmm. tax advisor, our money coach, our attorneys behind us, because the more we grow, the more we're going to grow rich, the more assets we have, you know, the more we need to be smart. So having your team behind you to guide you and lead you along the way. And then it's not no coincidence that they say like who you surround yourself with is like super important because you're surrounding Mm -hmm. yourself with these badass, strong professionals, learning from them, growing from them. I think that's the best. Totally agree. Yes. And not to mention I just always go back to, I can't, I can't do everything and spread myself thin. I got to focus on what I'm good at. So get all the women who are good at all these different things together and let's go and everybody can do their part. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So you sound like you're taking over Iowa, real estate queen of Iowa. (laughs) I'm trying. Is that the goals? Do you have these big goals? I think that I have, I have some short-term goals for 2021, like how many units I want to do what I want to make for cash flow. And then I have the like grand scheme of cash flow. Like I think if I was making like 15 or 20 K a month cash flow, I could easily say peace. I'm going to live on a beach and I'll just let my business keep generating money and, and maybe stop there and do the occasional deal. But I don't want to grind for like the next 60 years, you know, speaking of grinding, how is the engineering work? (laughs) it's good I am going to be going full-time in real estate in July woohoo yeah I'm so excited oh my gosh see what I'm talking about full-on inspiration I love it thanks (laughs) I'm pumped you also have your own community of badass women tell us about that Yes, I've run a virtual women investing in real estate meetup. Marina has been to it. It's super fun. It's super laid back. And I have met so many badass women investing all over the U.S. in it. And it's so fun to just learn from them, make connections, and bounce ideas off of them. Yeah. To be in a group and to see women that are your age, younger, buying real estate, investing in real estate, rehabbing, doing all these things and 
it just lights a fire under your ass. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. There's so many things too about just creating a comfortable space where no one has to feel any type of way about asking something they don't know. Like there's no judgment, no competition. Like everybody is there to learn, network and be better. So I have some questions. Let's see. What do you wish more women knew about buying real estate? I think I wish that more women knew that they could do it earlier and that it's not as hard as it seems. If you just decide to do it and figure it out, you can figure it out or find a mentor or something like Marina. Or you. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite part about all of this stuff that you're doing? I think my favorite part about real estate is the creativity and the problem solving. Like give us an example. There are so many ways to buy property. It's not just cash or bank loan. There's so many, many ways that you can creatively finance something. Partnering, a HELOC, borrowing against your 401k, seller financing, a delayed cash purchase, whatever. And it's just like, can you come up with a solution that's going to work for both of you? Creativity. Yes. That's a good one. What has real estate given you? I think real estate has given me a lot of confidence to know that I can do hard things and just a lot of excitement for the future. Do you plan on expanding outside of Iowa? I would like to get into the occasional Airbnb and the places that like I want a vacation in, but I really, really enjoy the Iowa market in terms of just like low cost of entry, low competition, landlord friendly Amazing. How can people follow you in your journey? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at smartypants.investing. Thank you so much, Grace. This is so fun.